Hey guys, welcome to the latest episode of this unbelievable life. I have Chris Cook here with me today. And just to give you a little bit of information on Chris, he's actually one of my dear friends and his wife as well. And he's my favorite dog dad. I will start that out. <laughs> he's, he's in the rescue world with me too. So absolutely love Chris. I'm so excited to have him on today. He has been the superintendent of cemeteries for the city of Evansville, Indiana since March of 2008. He is a 2013 graduate and valedictorian of the International Cemetery Cremation Funeral Association University, a 2014 graduate of the ICCFAU master's program, and became a certified cemetery executive in 2017. He is a past chairman and current board member of the Indiana State Board of Funeral and Cemetery Services, and, and he was originally appointed by Governor Pence and reappointed by Governor Holcomb. Additionally, Chris is a past president and current board member of the Indiana Cemetery Association, and he lives in Evansville with his fabulous wife, Liesl. Today, Chris is going to be telling us about the history of Oak Hill Cemetery and Arboretum. Chris, take it away. Thank you, Nikki. I'm glad to be here today. I appreciate the opportunity to talk about Oak Hill Cemetery now. A lot of people don't realize here in Evansville, we're celebrating our 170th year as a cemetery here at Oak Hill Cemetery and Arboretum. The first interment was way back when, on February 18th of 1853. So uh, <laughs> we've been in the cemetery business for an awful long time here at Oak Hill. You know, when you look at the footprint, there's roughly 125 acres of plotted out land. There's still some acreage in reserve, about another uh, 50 acres or so. Uh, you'll see a solar farm if you're along Morgan Avenue on part of that acreage that we lease uh, with center point on that. But there's, everybody always asks me, like, Chris, how many, how many years of cemetery do we have left to go at Oak Hill? And you figure there's roughly 72,000 interments here at Oak Hill Cemetery in the 170 years. We average now about one burial a year. Um, when you look at the, what cremation is the big thing now, Nikki, a lot of folks are going cremation. And, you know, if I take three acres of cremate, uh, un, unused land, and do a cremation only development on it, I can put over 80,000 burials, uh, cremains on that three acres. So if you take that into account that, you know, they say in the next 30 years, 85% of what you're gonna see is gonna be cremation. Um, it's already up there in the Pacific Northwest and in Canada, but it's increased every year I've been here at Oak Hill. So if you take that into account, we've got about 300 plus years of cemetery still to go here at Oak Hill. If you talk about modern burial trends, but way back when in 1853, you got to remember this wasn't within the city. It was out in the outskirts of town. Um, so they tried to do their burials out of the city center. And actually some of the burials that are within this footprint here at Summit, uh, Oak Hill uh, were moved from downtown Evansville about the area of the Ford Center after the Civil War. A lot of people don't realize there's tons of burial yards all across the city, um, but they moved one of the larger ones out here after the Civil War. And I can only imagine what kind of undertaking that would have been. But when you talk about 1853, there's actually some burials because of that fact that predate 1853, those were the burials that were moved out after the Civil War. Um, you know, you talk about Oak Hill and the 100, or, you know, 70,000 plus interments. Um, you know, we average about one a day here on any given day, uh, Monday through Friday, or actually Saturday, and then we even do them on Sunday occasionally as well. We are still a working cemetery. We do a lot with genealogy folks. Um, the Arboretum came into play back in 2017. There's over 100, 138 different species of trees within our footprint. And to be a level two Arboretum with Arbnet, 
you have to have more than 100. Now, if you can start getting into levels three and four, you have to have dedicated staff and ed education opportunities. So that kind of level two is about where we're at right now. It's a good fit for us. So there's also tree tours that we do besides the walking tours for the city cemeteries. Now, Oak Hill is gonna have a walking tour coming up in May on the 7th, uh, two o'clock, which is a Sunday. And it's gonna be a part of Historic Preservation Month with the city historic preservation officer and myself uh, leading uh, patrons through the older parts of Oak Hill Cemetery and Arboretum. That's one of the events we really have. You know, we do events throughout the year with reenactors. We do Reach Across America. We do the Veterans and Memorial Day services. One of the focal points of the cemetery is our veterans area. And that's right inside the main gate. The city established that back in 2001. And it's where a lot of the modern veterans are interred at here at Oak Hill, but it's a prominent area with the plaza. That's where we do a lot of our meetings and uh, a lot of our gatherings for like Reese and Memorial Day and Veterans Day and stuff like that. We're actually a regional site accredited through the Veterans Administration for Veterans Day services. We hope to uh, attain that uh, designation again this year, but the application just got sent in and it's something we've done for over a decade now. So it's a lot of prominence and stuff that gets brought onto our Veterans Day service through the VA. Um, when you talk about cemeteries, there's a lot of symbolism within the cemetery, a lot of headstones. You figure over 70,000 interments, roughly two thirds to three quarters of those have memorialization. And there's all kinds of memorialization options out there. And you can actually look at some of these older headstones as forms of art. Nikki, I know you're a big art community person. We have artists come out here and take pictures. We have photography. We have, I've even seen people set up with uh, easels and paint out here in all my time, you know, going back to 2008. I'm gonna write one heck of a book someday. <laughs> but the main footprint, the 125 acres, we still are a modern burial ground. We, we handle burials every day. Um, you know, you talk about some of the postcards, the historic postcards that you see of this place. When I give my public talks, I have a PowerPoint that goes along with the discussion. And you can see the postcard from roughly 100 years ago and still see the, uh, the facility uh, feature to this day. Like the, the main gate at the cemetery was built in 1901. Um, that's the one that you can see right off of Virginia Street, about a block off of 41. The office in which I sit is our administration office was originally built as a chapel in 1899. And uh, so you figure it's the second oldest continuously used governmental building within the county next to the old courthouse, which was built in 1888. So, uh, you know, we've got history going on here every day. There's a historic holding house that was built in 1911. that's just north of the office. And then our maintenance building back in the center part of the cemetery was built in the twenties. And it kind of matches the same architecture that you'll see because it had similar designers as what you see with the uh, chapel slash administration building. Back to the administration building, it was, uh, updated in 1917 and thereabouts to what you see in here now, where it moved away from being a chapel uh, to an office because up until that time, there was a residence just west of the cemetery office that used to be, uh, used to be a, a residence where the, my counterpart would uh, live and they would maintain the office there. But by the end of World War I, it had become that uh, it just, it was time to move on and they looked at the chapel and it made sense. Um, the city urban forestry department is also based within our grounds at Oak Hill Cemetery and Arboretum. Um, 
you know, I don't know if you've had much familiarity with the work that Sean Dickerson and his crew do, but they maintain the uh, on the city streets um, and city rights away. So you'll see that. And with the recent storms we've had, uh, tending to some of the storm damage, it gets into the streets and such. Our historic Civil War section, which is in Section 24, holds roughly 572 Civil War veterans. Now, a lot of people don't realize that there were seven hospitals, uh, Civil War hospitals within the city limits during that time. And a lot of the veterans that passed away during that time within the city that didn't have family to ship out elsewhere were interred here at Oak Hill. In 19, um, 1898, it's actually written into the city code where the city got some money from the federal government to put in a lot of the cannons that you see around the section through the work of the Grand Army of the Republic, which was like a local veterans organization at the time. Uh, they did that. And I sometimes there's some pictures floating around on the internet um, back to 1909. Uh, where you can see them, but there's roughly 37 cannons uh, around that section, two of which aren't currently because we're working with some veterans groups on uh, reorganizing them. Uh, the carriages kind of collapsed over time. So we're working on getting those back up to speed. Yep, there's all and one of the things about our Civil War section, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the fact that there were 24 Confederate soldiers that are actually interred in unmarked graves here at Oak Hill Cemetery in Arboretum. Um, the Fitzhugh Lee chapter of the Daughters of the Confederacy put a grave marker, a memorial marker up with the names listed on the bottom in 1904. And you can see that marker just north of our office here at Oak Hill Cemetery um, to coincide the Grand Army of the Republic Ladies Auxiliary put a marker in in 1909 that's just past the Civil War section of 24. And right across the bottom, it says loyalty. <laughs> so uh, I don't know if they were still, you know, they didn't have internet, they didn't have TV back then. They sent a lot of messages through their memorialization. And one can only uh, guess what the, what the response was to that office, but, or that, that memorial. But one of the things, you know, it, it came to prominence lately uh, because in a few years ago, there was a big push about Confederate memorials and this is different than those. It's one of only two in the state of Indiana. And it's actually no different than what, what a headstone would be because all the names of the, the dead are listed there. They're buried within our cemetery, the location of which has been lost to time. It's the greatest mystery that I've been unable to solve. I haven't found the documents. Um, I'm only as good as the records that were left behind to me. So it's one of the things that we couldn't really locate them, but they are here within our grounds. Um, so you figure the 24 Confederate soldiers were shipped back to those Evansville hospitals during the war from the battlefront, and they passed away here uh, to go along with the 572 uh, Union veterans that are here in Section 24. So that's another area. But I talk about, you know, a lot of areas there with over 70,000 burials. It's like a which way book. We could go 70,000 different directions here with stories because every grave is unique. Every memorial is unique. Every story is unique. I mean, we've got all sorts of people. I've got uh, people that have done bad things, people have done good things. I'm not the one to judge that, but I have to respect their right to memorialization and defend the family's right for that. And that's one of the arguments we made back on the, you know, when you talk about the Confederate marker, we had to do a lot of education of the public as to why what you saw here in Evansville um, is vastly different than what they took down elsewhere in the country. 
um, because it's a memorial, it's a great memorial. Um, you know, we talk about the sections here. There's, there's a Victorian area sections up north on the hill, the big hill. You can see some of the larger prominent markers up there. On our walking tour that we're going to have on the 7th, we'll get into some of that on the 7th of May. But the thing is, is you can pretty much look at the big Victorian lot up there and go find the old Victorian house in downtown Evansville. And I hate to say it this way, but there's no other, if they're not Catholic, they're up there. If they're Catholic, odds are they're at St. Joe, which is the Catholic cemetery. Or if they're Jewish, they're out at Rose Hill on the, in the Jewish cemetery. Um, but if they're not, and we have Catholic folks here too, it just, you could pick the old home down there and kind of find the old family plot here and see some of the ornate memorialization that was done over a hundred years ago. I mean, some of those, those pillars or those obelisks up there are over 50 feet tall. And I've, I've dealt with damage to those. Uh, we, uh, there was a bad windstorm in 2008 or not, 2009 that blew one of the six foot statues off of one of those 50 foot tall obelisks. And uh, she took the nesty plunge and fell into about 20 different parts. And we gathered her up and you know, it's the family's responsibility to maintain that stuff. And sure enough, the following Memorial Day, an older lady came up to the cemetery and was wondering what was what happened to it. I told her we'd saved all the parts. She was the last remaining family member of that family. And they spent several thousand dollars. They worked with a partnership with the art department at UE or at USI. And they put the, they rebuilt the, the lady, the, the angel that was about as tall as I am and put her back up on the pillar. And there's stainless steel posts now that connect both the top of that cap and the bottom of the, uh, the monument because all there was was copper rods that over a hundred years had deteriorated. And that's when you get those hurricane force winds and she had wings on her. You could only imagine what happened um, there. It would have been a sight to see her take a fall, but luckily that's all, nobody was up there when that happened. But, you know, we have all kinds of wildlife here. We're an arboretum. I've seen everything from turkeys to indigenous deer um, that you see within the east side of Evansville. You can see it here at Oak Hill Cemetery. Hawks, I've had tail of a bald eagle or two been spotted on our grounds. Uh, the wildest thing was seeing the turkeys in here because, you know, being an Evansville resident, I'd only seen turkeys around the river bottoms or in the woods. And to have three turkeys running wild in here for a while, it was definitely something that if I told you, you wouldn't believe me unless I could produce the pictures. But there are turkeys alive and well in the city of Evansville. Um, and I'm not just I'm not just trying to be funny there, but literal turkeys. Um, but I've had, you know, every story I could tell, we've had geese out here, you know, there's some resident flocks that go between the, the different facilities in town. And they also, um, you know, we maintain Locust Hill Cemetery and Arboretum as well. Um, but mainly we're focused on Oak Hill with this talk today. That's a whole nother discussion with Locust Hill. But you figure there's 30,000 burials out there plus. So I've got over 100,000 interments that I'm responsible in what is truly a city of the dead. Um, we have sewer issues, we have roads, we have animals, we have uh, the public we deal with. Uh, we have all kinds of genealogy folks that come in and do wonderful work. Through the Arboretum, we've partnered with UE students to do some Arboretum work with some of our tree identifications. And working with the Urban Forestry Department that's also on our grounds, we've also worked to diversify that tree stock and try to get up from the 138 different species that we have and plant more diverse indigenous tree species so we can diversify 
the tree stock here for many years to come. So like when we lose, you know, last Friday, we, we lost a couple of trees. When you have 62 mile an hour wind gusts, after four inches of rain, you can only imagine what that means. We've lost a couple of trees. We'll try to plant those back at a three to one ratio. And we just did a big tree planting in the fall where we put a roughly 50 different trees in here, various different species. The thing is, you know, on any given day, we, we, we talk about the families that are dealing with grief and loss. Day one, when I got here, back in way back when in 2008, it was March. So we're almost up on my 16th anniversary here. Um, I told everybody, I asked everybody that worked on staff, one of the first days I was here, the show of hands, who knows somebody or has a family member that's interred here? Everybody raised their hand. I said, as long as we treat every individual family that comes through that gate, just like you would want that family or friend's family to be treated, you're not gonna have any issues with me. And, you know, we, we've really worked immensely to try to understand grief and loss because there's different, and I don't know if you've had a podcast about this yet, the different stages of grief and how everybody goes through it differently. There's not a cookie cutter image of what grief looks like. People, sometimes people struggle for years and that's perfectly fine. But I didn't really get a full grasp on grief until I was a couple of years into my tenureship here at Oak Hill Cemetery. And it helped me to become a better superintendent to help address the needs of the families with my staff here. Um, we've done a lot of grief education because people say like you have a trustee scenario where somebody doesn't go full, full blown funeral process. The last people that they're gonna see is this gravesite out here. And they didn't have the funeral to, to go through the normal steps of grieving. A lot of times you're gonna get upset when you deal with grief and loss. Well, who's the person you're gonna be upset with the most? It's gonna be the last people you see, which is the cemetery. And once I got a better understanding of a lot of these folks when they get fired up over grief and loss, how they might be upset about a, a, a grave marker not coming in in time or something like that, uh, or some flowers might've blown off, you know, with the winds we had last week, a lot of flowers were blown around in here. Um, their flowers might've gone missing. I understood that those people weren't taking it personal towards myself and my staff. They're just going through the stages of grief and loss. And once we started understanding that, we've been able to be more effective at kind of dealing with the public and making sure that we provide them the level of service that we would want our own families to have. And it's been a tremendous, tremendous growth period for our staff here. We've got a wonderful staff. I've got a great assistant superintendent, Becky Zock, who's also gone to all the cemetery schools that I've gone to and graduated. Um, I think we're the only cemetery that can say 100% of full-time staff has graduated from the International Cemetery Cremation Funeral Association University. And to let you know that we're good stewards of your tax dollars, we did it all on scholarship, both of us. So uh, it didn't cost thousands of dollars for us to get that education and we did it on our time. So, uh, you know, there's, there's two of us in the office with a part-time person. And then I've got five full-time Teamsters on the grounds and one part-time individual on the grounds that works with us in the summertime to focus on the trash and the sticks and the extra traffic that we have. Um, you know, we contract our mowing, we contract our wildlife management, we contract our pest control. We do a lot of that stuff with contractors that we work with as well that are all well-versed in the grief and loss that we deal with and taking care of the public. So like I said, it's truly a city of the dead. Uh, I've got the issues that a city would have. I'm just dealing with a little bit quieter clientele, if you know what I mean. Um, but we still have to maintain these grounds because, you know, 1853, it goes back 170 years. 
but this place is going to be along around a lot longer than you or I, and it's going to be around here for hundreds of years. So like when we plant a tree or we open up a new section, think about how it's going to affect tomorrow or next week. I have to think 50 to 100 years from now, if I put a tree in at this location, what's that going to do for our graves that are going to be there down the road? It's truly a different way of thinking when you thought, think about it um, as to how you have to approach challenges and opportunities because there's no quick and easy fix. It's a big ship. It's not going to turn on a dime. Um, but one of the things we try to do is plan effectively so that we're set up to provide top-notch funeral and cemetery services for the citizens of Evansville for many, many years to come. Um, you know, when I do my public talks, there's a lot of pictures involved with what I just spoke on. We have a social media presence on Facebook. If you look up Oak Hill Cemetery and Arboretum, our website's evansville.in.gov slash cemeteries. That's the public website. We're doing a lot on getting more information online. You can't get enough online in today's world. And that's one of the challenges as we work through with such a small staff. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're getting as much on there as possible. And we've got some, um, some good things with GIS stuff coming on our mapping that are going to open up to the public. Um, you know, a lot of things, one person that I'd be remiss if I didn't mention is uh, General Evans, who the city's named after, is actually interred here. Uh, it was, he was one of the graves with his family that was moved out after the Civil War. Um, we did a lot of work with restoration of his grave site back during the city's bicentennial in 2012. Uh, that's another historical figure. Um, but everybody's like, well, who's the most important person that you have out at Oak Hill Cemetery? And like I said, there's over 70,000 interments. I can go 70,000 different directions. But some of the stories we like to tell, you know, we talk about our events with the reenactors. When we have the reenactors do that, that raises money. Uh, it's a, you know, donation for that tour. It raises money for the Adopt and Ash program. And the Adopt and Ash program uh, combats the Emerald Ash War. We've got 23 ash trees within our Arboretum. And the funds that we raise from that walking tour go to benefit the treatments, the medicine, so to speak, that the ash trees need to endure through the scourge of the Emerald Ash War. But through those reenactors, we tell stories from prominent people to day-to-day -day folks. Uh, from different sections. So that's usually in October. We got a date coming up soon on that. It's usually the third weekend in October, but it's just another opportunity to learn Evansville history and learn a little bit about Oak Hill Cemetery. The only question I have is if the general public wants to just pop in and visit, is it something that they can park in a parking lot and just walk the grounds or how does the general public see you on just like a daily basis up in the veteran section there's a parking area where a lot of people walk in here daily they run they jog they take in the sites you know during the fall we have a lot of photography folks who just take in the foliage but they can park within the cemetery the grounds are open from sunrise to sunset 365 days a year um, the office is open monday through friday from uh, 4 30 or 7 30 to 4 30 and then on saturday from 9 to 1 um, but the grounds are open to the public 24 seven or, you know, from sunrise to sunset, 365 days a year. The uh, people come in, they park within the sections, they walk. There's, there's some areas where you can park in here or it makes sense to pull over off the side of the road. Some of the sections are kind of narrow where you might not be able to do that. You have to walk in. Um, but like I said, we've got a contingent of folks that walk this thing daily at lunch and after work. 
And it's amazing to see the health benefits. You know, they ride their bikes in here. Uh, not when services are going on, people respect when we have services and all, but it's truly a, one of the hidden gems of Evansville that a lot of people, you know, don't realize we have. Um, again, you have a very unbelievable life. And I thank you so much for your time. And I thank everybody for listening today. And I hope that you have a blessed and wonderful rest of the day. Thank you.